welcome to this week's episode of the FishCast. We will discuss FSU's impressive win over North Carolina. In our other segment, we will go over the coach's hot seat in college football. Is Ed Orgeron on the way out? Good afternoon. Welcome to the FishCast this week. My name is Corey Long. Join this week, good friend Charles Fishbine. How you doing, Fish? Doing good. I, I didn't know I was just joining now. Like I'm not part of the show anymore. You, you are just... part of the show. I, you know, I just, I just, I got, got to change things up each week. You know, we're not joined by <laughs> Coach Demo because Coach Demo is out doing some things. He's out on assignment, as we like to say. We don't really say what those assignments are. It's like it sounds good. It sounds like an old like news telecast. Like Dan Rather is not with you this week. He's out on assignment, and no one ever says what the assignment is. The assignment <laughs> is like a vacation in the Bahamas. But yeah, so. Nemo's out on assignment this week. Um, how's your week been? It's been good, man. Just, you know, it's it's busy. You know, it's just this time of year, you know, like uh, I just found out today one of our games got moved to Monday. It's like this is a new thing, high school football on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah, know? it's like, <laughs> I mean, down there you have a third. It was always, you were looking at a bunch of games on Thursday. Then obviously Friday is Friday. Then they have some marquee games usually done in Dade County on Saturday that they just can't because there's a limited amount of stadiums to play these games in. But yeah, like if a lot of times if games will happen on Thursday, they get moved to Monday because there's no room for them on Friday and Saturday. Uh, it's just crazy, right? So it ends up being like a five, four or five day week of college football games. Like I'm sure oh. during COVID you had games last year, you had games every day. Oh, it's just, games it's, just switched. It, it does. It it's like Mac football in high school, you know. So, <laughs> uh, lot lot happened in college football this past week. Obviously, Bama got upset. Um, the Oklahoma Texas game was wild. The Arkansas Ole Miss game was wild. Georgia crushed competition. Their new number one. Um, you know, and really, and and, and throughout, and we'll get into different things at different points. But the one thing that's really kind of – there's a couple things that have taken up the headlines this week. We'll talk about Spencer Rattler, and, you know, in another segment down the road and kind of how that thing is all come happening and come apart. But I want to talk about coaches, coaches' hot seats, and the hottest seat. Well, look right. look what I just put up on for you, Corey, all right? You know what that is, right? What you is know, that? That's the coach's hot seat <laughs> list. On what? Yeah, it's they got, have. The, it's got like thirty names on. It. Yeah, that's the coach's hot seat list. On it's you look it up on Google. It says coach's hot seat, the hottest of coaches seats. Who I mean, Butch the, Butch Jones is already on that list. Like he is, is but, he's had the job for six hours. They're one and eight. They're <laughs> one and like. like <laughs> he's had the job for six hours. He's at Arkansas State. Like what? What's he I mean, supposed to do? I mean, the poor guy. And New Mexico State's been on there for like six years on this list. I like, like they realize he does he New get a Mexico bonus? State? Does New he get Mexico a bonus? State? Is that part of his bonus package that if he's on this list in year <laughs> one, he gets a fifty thousand dollar raise? They realize like the ceiling at New Mexico State is like four and a half games, right? Like, like yeah. okay, you're not win- if you win anything more than five, you've overachieved at New Mexico. So oh, state. You know. Well, number but, one on that list is Jeff Scott, by the way. All right. So really? Jeff, oh yeah, Jeff's no, he he's not going anywhere. I, can I know tell you that. him and Jeff Brom and uh, I I mean Orgeron's four. 
Yeah. Now, and, and, Dino yeah, Babers who, is five. So who is three right there? Three. That's I don't think Scott Frost is on the hot seat. I even though they're losing, they're a lot more competitive this year. I think that it, I they just need us. Martinez like a bowl game. They really like, make a bowl game. Martinez <laughs> Martinez needs to not come back for his tenth year. Like that kid has just killed that. He is he's that kid that they keep thinking he's going to turn it around and never does, you know? But they, they can't keep putting them out there. Like, they need to make a bold game. They're, what are they, three and four? They're three, so, yeah, three and four. They I, are three and three. They play Minnesota this week, which I don't see them winning that game. Um, I don't know. It's I, like, I just, I think they're doing a lot better this year, but the yeah. results aren't on the scoreboard. Like, they, they played... Who was it like two weeks ago? They should have won. The say. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. So I mean, they they played these teams tough. They just the results haven't come um, on the field. And Oklahoma, they played Oklahoma very well. Played so. Oklahoma tough. They you know they, they definitely bounced back from the Illinois loss, which was a bad loss. Yeah, you know, in yeah, that, zero. That, but- that one would have really helped them for a bowl game this year. You got to look. Um, they still have. They have Minnesota this week. I don't at Minnesota. I don't think that's going to go their way. Uh, they got Purdue. That could be a win. Um, you know that puts them at four wins. Uh, I don't see six wins. I mean, they got out Wisconsin, Ohio State, and uh, they have Iowa at home. Uh, I mean, they've got to beat. So basically, they've got to beat Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Purdue. Yeah. To get the six wins, and uh, they could do that. They could. I do mean, it. Wisconsin's Minnesota's without their running game. They lost another running back. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've been decimated by injuries. Purdue, I don't think is very good. Um, I mean, uh, was- you, go, you go look. They they had a 23-16 game against Oklahoma that they were in. They went to overtime. It was 23-20 against Michigan State. Michigan, they lost 32-29. I, I just – I think he's turned the corner. The results aren't there on the on – the, on, I, I believe they'll give an, another year. Even if yeah, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna let Scott Fro. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, I don't know if they'll make a bowl this year. They gotta make a bowl soon, but they yeah. can, he might. I think he's. I think he's gonna get another year regardless. Uh, Trev Alberts is a new AD there, so I think. I think Trev isn't. I don't think he has a quick trigger finger. I think he. I think he's one of those. I think he's a little bit more analytical. I think he's gonna think things through. Yeah. Number four on that list, however, the ogre. At Orgeron, he should be number one. Like uh, he should be yeah. beyond number one. Like you see that they have five of their final six are against top twenty-five teams. Like he's gone. He, he's gone. He's G O N E gone. What's, what's funny is Corey, and I want to take a little credit. I, I for some reason I don't know if it's someone likes to punish me a little bit or whatever. I thought he was the terrible hire when he was made. The, the head coach. And then I think they lost to Troy state at home. And then all of a sudden he gets this mega team for one year and all the stars align. And I'm not going to lie. That team is probably one of the best college football teams ever that we've watched with Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar chase, um, jo- Jordan Jefferson, uh, Hillel Hilaire. I mean, that team that won the national championship and he deserves all the credit. He, had, he put all the right coaches in place, but the two, the OC and DC left, and it's like the sea parted, and that that freaking 
ship sunk. They, they hit the Titanic. That they were the Titanic. They hit the iceberg, and they have not recovered after winning that national title. They were not good last year, and they're and they're they had a fluke win against Florida last year with the shoe incident, or they would have had a they would have had even a worse record last yeah. year. And this year has been a total train wreck. And you know it, it's it's weird because I think even by his own measure, Orgeron knows he's best in a CEO role, which 2019 allowed him to be. You had Dave Aranda and Joe Brady. They handled the side. He was able to kind of handle, you know, the other aspects of the program that did, did, you know, they didn't have to worry about coaching so much. I give him credit for the sense that he has made quick changes. Like he tried to hire Bo Pelini. That didn't work. Quickly fired him. Has new guys and new OCs. Like he's trying. He's not just sitting on his laurels and is saying, this is going to work, trust me, over time. No, he's saying, you know, we got to continue to make changes. Um, I thought, and we talked about this, we've talked about this quite a bit. I had thought that after the 2019 season, they had to promote Brady or at least decide that, you know, one more year, then you're going to go, then we're going to elevate Orgeron to some sort of an ops position, you know, and, you know, and make Joe Brady the coach. Like, they didn't. I know Joe Brady probably wasn't going to be long for college football, however you look at it, but they really didn't. They didn't yeah. even try it. I mean, like, but now, Oklahoma, they couldn't get him back if they tried. Listen, Oklahoma had Bob Stoops, and he could have probably coached another 10 years. Let's be realistic. But they knew Lincoln Riley. I think everybody in that organization and program realized we cannot lose Lincoln Riley. Like, it, it Stoops, it, this is a perfect guy to take over whenever he's going to take over. And they, they, they made promises behind closed doors to him. Hey, listen, you're the next guy. And I think they should have done that with Joe Brady. They, they had a superstar coach. Brady was that guy. I mean, he's, look what he's done at Carolina. Like, you don't get – what I don't understand about administrations, all right, is, Corey, we t- discussed this, all right, when you got a guy and you know you have that guy, you don't let them go. You find a way to continue to overpay them keep them on the staff and make sure that guy's potential. I mean, LSU's probably got maybe I'm not going to say the next Nick Saban, but they got one of probably a top five coach in college football with, with the guy. If he stays like you got to make him assistant head coach, they can't do coach and waiting anymore, but you make him assistant head coach and you promise him the world and his agent, the world and say, listen, we know Orgeron's not going to be the head coach here forever. You could give Orgeron assistant AD some bullshit title at LSU, but make sure that Brady doesn't leave. And that's where, once again, that administration has failed that university. Another school that just, they haven't, what's amazing is these people have no vision of what the future could look like three, four years from now. They just look at that one year and that's it. And we'll move on to next year when next year happens. And it's just, it, that's why they're in the position they are. And now they're going to be, trying to you know the top names are going to pop up on that coaching board and those guys are not going to come and they're going to end up going to list number two and you just don't know what you're going to get on list number two it's a total crash i don't know the top names aren't going to come their ad is scott woodward scott woodward's a different ball different ball player altogether he got jimbo fisher to a&m uh he's a big game hunter he's not a guy that goes small when we look at this situation, and I, I mean, it sounds like we're firing Orgeron right now. We're not, but we are. Uh, 
they've got a good, and I don't want to say in-house candidate, but they've got a great candidate that's local. I mean, Billy Napier, I think he's had other F SEC overtures. I think he's kind of waiting for this job. I think he'd be a good hire. I think mean, they played last night. I think they whipped up on Appalachian State. The guy can coach. The guy is a great coach. He's done a great job at Louisiana Lafayette. Obviously, he's a guy that could come in there, boots on the ground, get things moving right away. Um, I know they're going to take a stab at James Franklin. I think they'd have to. They'd be dumb if they didn't. Um, who else is out there that you look at in an LSU situation that, that we've dumped on an LSU? I mean, who, who else is out there that you can look at and say that Scott Woodward, and a guy that, you know, likes big names, who wants a big name coach in there, who would he go after? I mean, it's just going to be the same names that you – like you said, you said you brought up Billy Napier. Um, you know, the only concern you have – I mean, he's been at the Alabamas before. The only concern is, once again, you're taking a coach from a group of five and now asking him to go to a school that's in the SEC. Now, he's been in the SEC. He understands all the pitfalls. But you got to be very careful. It's a major jump up from where he's at, which is basically the minor leagues. I'm sure you're going to hear – uh, the head coach at Cincinnati is going to be one of the guys. Um, yeah, Luke Fickle. You know, I know Gus isn't having a great career, a great year at UCF, but does Gus's name get thrown in there? I think um, there's a very good possibility someone like that. You know, I, I know he's a Northeast guy, and and it, it would be outside the box, but someone like Jeff Halfley, the guy's a phenomenal coach. Yeah. He's already proven he can win at Boston College. He's been in the pros. He has that. He's a little bit similar to Brady in that he has that NFL pedigree, um, and he has the you know that that he knows how to recruit. I, I'm telling you, the guy's an elite level recruiter. I think he's one of those guys. Um, do they go back to Oklahoma State and maybe make a run at Gundy? I know you're not a huge Gundy fan. I'm, I'm no, always... I'm, it's not that I'm not a huge Gundy fan. I just don't think Gundy fits in anywhere outside of where he is. Yeah, I just I mean, think he's just. I think his personality, I mean, what he brings to the table. Ain't maybe gonna work at most maybe, they, maybe they go after Dave Aranda. He was already at LSU. Yep. They're five yep. and one at Baylor. Doing really good um, at Baylor. You know, I, I mean, Baylor's a lot harder job to win at than, than that school. Does Matt Campbell's name get brought up? Uh, I mean, I know it's outside the box, the Kansas State coach. We've talked about his success and what he's done. Yeah. Is he I one know. of those guys? Um, I mean, you look at Michigan State, Mel Tucker does not stay at schools long. I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he may be the perfect candidate out of Michigan State. I mean, the last time freaking LSU went to Michigan State, they didn't do too bad. No. <laughs> now, now, now. Here's the thing, dude. Can they can they go after Brady? Can Brady is Brady even entertaining college things at this point? I mean, he's he seems oh. like he's on that Sean McVay fast track in the NFL. Like if he does another maybe another year at Carolina, he's going to get an NFL job. So what do you even? entertain going to a college i mean the one thing that's tough is once you're in the pros guys learn don't have to deal with recruiting anymore uh, the the week this there's an off season I, I just think once you're at that level it's very hard to get those guys back unless they fail you know i mean you look jed fish was in the nfl well how's that working out you know arizona <laughs> yeah. arizona may be the worst team i mean he's already on this list jed fish yeah and, and he should be i don't know yeah. if they're gonna win this year he's they're awful they're off. I mean, I, they they are straight a bad football team. I mean, 
listen, I, I think the one guy, and we've talked about this, do you make a run at Notre Dame's head coach? Yeah, would, Brian would, Kelly. Would I mean, Brian Kelly be, first off, he's going to bring instant stability there. He's going to bring in recruiting. He's going to bring a – he's been in the playoffs. Can you imagine Brian Kelly at LSU? I mean, like, I don't – I'd say within two, three years, they're playing for a national title. They won't, they won't get physically pushed around like they have been these last couple of years. I can yeah. tell you that much. That right. ain't going to happen. Um, and, and real quickly uh, – well, not real quick, just jumping ahead. USC jobs already open. Uh, that's big name job out there. We, we hear a lot of names. Uh, again, kind of the same list that we have for LSU. So potentially you have two big, you know, high-end jobs that you can win titles that open. Which of the two jobs is better in your opinion? I mean, they're both really good because you don't really compete with anybody for recruits. I mean, LSU basically, if they own their state and they go recruit outside the state, you could be in the playoffs with no problem. Archer on already showed that. The USC job is the best job west of the Mississippi. I mean, there's nobody you're competing with. They, they have self-inflicted every wound into their program that you could possibly do. They, they lose because they want to lose. They had to me, I think there's going to be two guys that are going to be offered the job. I think it's either going to be Mario Cristobal or it's going to be um, James Franklin. I think one, I think Franklin wants that job. I think that's the one job he'd leave Penn state for. I think it's one of those two. And then you've got, you know, those two are going to be the main ones. And us, and I think a sleeper guy for them is I think PJ Fleck. I think PJ has done everything he could do at Minnesota. Um, he, you know, people could say, well, he's a mid, no, he's not a Midwest guy. He coached for the Bucks. He played for the Niners. Um, he, I, I could just picture him coaching at USC with his per- personality. I think PJ would win a national title at USC and, and, and be a powerhouse coach. The one guy that I would make a run at, but they can't get him, is I think Pat Fitzgerald um, at Northwestern. One, what he's done at Northwestern with their academic restrictions, and I, I think he 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 you know USC has some of those uh, private school uh, things issues with academics. He would get he he would hurdle over them. I mean, I'd throw the bank at him and give him an open check. I think Pat Fitzgerald would win a national title at USC. But those are the guys that I would go after. It's a great job. I think one thing is, even though uh, Clay Helton wasn't a very good coach, they've recruited very well at the quarterback position. I think it's one of those jobs that it's not a mess. There's a lot of talent on that team that you can win eight games in year one or nine games and be like coach of the year or turnaround coach of the whatever. It's a program that can win right away. I don't think it's there's it's not been damaged. Uh, the, you, you hear the culture. I don't think the culture is bad there. Um, you know they haven't done a terrible job of recruiting. They just haven't won uh, at that school. I think it's ready made, and I think the guy that gets that job will win in year one, and they could be in the playoffs within three years of a really good coach being hired. Yeah, I, that's. That's interesting. And the, and the thing is, and this is a great thing about the coaching domino, USC hires Franklin, hires Cristobal, one of the two. Another big job opens up, and, and you know, and we go forward. But I, we're both in agreement that Orgeron is in – I mean, we, we can't say he's fired. He still has a job, but he's in massive trouble. I mean, like he's in 
he's in the red zone, right? I mean, in terms of trouble, he's in the red right Dude, now. Dude, that 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 alarm has is is going <laughs> off, and and like smoke is billowing out of it. I mean, they're in trouble. Like, yeah. Yeah, listen, I mean, I spoke to somebody that's inside the program this week, and and they don't feel like that thing's heading in the right direction. Like it's. You know, I, I said, so how do you think you'll do against Kentucky? Uh, that person wasn't convinced they were going to be on the field with them, and they were they right. weren't. Yeah. They weren't. But does he have – he still has – in my opinion, he still has a role in college football. Like, he's a, he, he would be a pretty attractive defensive coordinator hire. The guy can still coach the liners. He can coach D-line. And I, he think can still he, I, th- I think he could be a D-line coach, uh, a recruiting coordinator. I don't even know about a co- – he's never been really a defensive coordinator. So, I think he'd be a high-paid assistant coach. Um, somebody, But he'd have to go to a staff that uh, it, that he, he can't overwhelm the head coach. You know, you got to be careful with him hiring him because the guy that – that guy better have a strong personality. It better be a Nick Saban type that can handle him because yeah. – if he, for if he goes to a program like he couldn't go to Miami and be on Manny Diaz's staff, you know, no, like it, like no. Manny would look over his shoulder every five minutes, wondering when the guy's going to take over. So like you got to be careful where you place him. Could he go to? I want Mario to hire him at Oregon. That'd be funny. Mario and yeah. <laughs> Mario and the ogre together would be great. No, I mean, literally, well, I think, literally get on board drills themselves during the offseason. No, it, to- <laughs> it definitely would be intense. Um, I, 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 I think, I think somebody, you know, you know, I think he would do well at a lot of these schools. It just have to be the right school. You look at the SEC, you know, I think he could do well, even on Mullen's staff, you know, um, I don't think Mullen's going to feel threatened by him. I think you look at Georgia staff. I think he could go there. Um, I think even Arkansas or A&M, I think he could coach under Jimbo. Uh, I, as long as that coach doesn't feel threatened by him, I think that's a place because he's such a big personality um, as a coach. Yeah. You know, you know who he is when he walks in the door, his voice is very loud and he's just, you know, it's, he, he's not for everybody, you know, kind of like me. I'm not for everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we're like, yeah. we're, we are, we are Guinness beer. We are, an aqua- yeah. we are an acquired taste. taste. Now, where's Manny at on that list behind you? Like, I don't see him in the touch. Manny's oh, there. He's sixth. He's, he's sixth. I see yeah, him. Yeah, he's yeah. sixth. Now, we're not going to talk about Manny in this one. We're going to wait. Maybe we'll wait. Maybe we'll wait for Demo to come back on assignment and talk about that one because we all have some pretty strong feelings on that one. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we're going to kick out of this right now. But, um, you know, Ed Orgeron in trouble. They got Florida this week. I think they've got Old Miss after that. And they've got AM, Alabama, and some Arkansas down the line. I mean, there's just there's nothing, there's no no breathing room. There's nothing. There's no week that you can take off. It's just it's just one big, it's one big game after another. And every one of them is gonna every every loss they have is just gonna it's going to make his job situation that much more tenuous. No Life doubt. in the Southeastern Conference. Listen, you, right. get paid, you get paid the big bucks, but you also have the most pressure. It's, it's, there's no days off outside of Vanderbilt, who's based like everybody wishes they could have Vanderbilt on their schedule this year in that conference, you know? But there's yeah. not, there's not enough open dates. There's not enough open, <laughs> open dates for Vanderbilt. <laughs> 
All right, we will be back with more of the fish cast soon. Oh, yeah. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.